Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Hello and welcome to Go Green Radio. I'm thrilled to have you on today. And I want you to remember that if you want to talk back to us at any time, ask questions. We have great guests today. Please do so. You can call us in. You can email me at gogreenradio at gmail.com. So I hope that you will take that opportunity to, to get involved. Today's topic is so exciting for me because we're going to be talking about something that my organization, the Go Green Initiative, does every year, and that is put on an annual international Earth Summit. And this year we're going to be taking the, the road show to Syracuse, New York. And for anyone who isn't already aware, Syracuse, New York is the emerald city of the state of New York, and they were actually named our large city of the year for the Go Green Initiative um, last year. And, and I'm excited to tell you why that is. Um, we're going to be talking to the mayor. We're going to be talking to one of the major uh, businesses in Syracuse that's on board with Going Green in just a moment. But first, let me tell you what this summit is all about and who it's for. For more information about it, this is our annual convention for the Go Green Initiative. You can go to my website at www.gogreeninitiative.org. On the homepage, you're going to see some information about the 2008 Summit. That's where you can find out how to register, how to become a sponsor, how to become an exhibitor at this awesome event. This event is very unique in that it brings together school leaders, business leaders, local government leaders, and professionals within the world of recycling and other environmental disciplines. And so though each of those groups have their own conventions each year, the Go Green Earth Summit brings them all together in an eclectic blend um, of folks that are stakeholders in their communities and brings them together to talk about the same issues um, from many different vantage points. It's a real solutions-based um, results-based um, gathering, and I think you're going to love it. But I am so excited because this morning we have the mayor of Syracuse on with us. Mayor Driscoll, welcome, and thank you for coming on the show. Well, Jill, uh, good morning. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we are bringing our annual summit, which has been held in California up till this year, right. to Syracuse, New York, and I want to thank you for being our host community, uh, you are really becoming well-known in the green world as a mover and shaker. But I want to hear about the genesis. How did your interest in green issues begin, Mr. Mayor? Well, thank you uh, for that. And by the way, I just want to let you and your listeners know that really all of Central New York is very excited about the convention coming here this October, uh, as Central New York really sees the value uh, of what the the future really holds uh, in these initiatives. But anyway, for me, Jill, personally, I became mayor of Syracuse back in 2001. But prior to that, I had been uh, involved with our city council and had served as the president of the Syracuse Common Council here. And it was back in the late 90s, 97 and 98, that I was talking about what I felt was really important for this city to move forward in environmental initiatives uh, and managements. Uh, and at that point in time, a lot of people frankly, looked at me like I had two heads, um, as they did many of others of us who, you know, across this country have always understood the importance of balance between, you know, the certainly the world that we live in and how we, you know, handle our environment and the kind of efficiencies that we might be able to uh, produce that can preserve our planet. 
And so when I became mayor in 2001, I made it a formal part of uh, my transition uh, and said that this city would move to modernize itself in terms of, you know, our management systems and such and how we would embrace uh, the environmental issues that are very important. And here in central New York, by the way, we have just a area that is very rich uh, in environmental uh, kind of beauty and uh, great assets in terms of water and forestry. Uh, and so that we have been doing those things since 2001, and we're very proud, and I want to say that, you know, really hasn't been just about me. Certainly, there have been a lot of partners in this region, some of the collegiate community that's here, and the businesses, the environmental engineering firms have really been great partners and gotten involved with me, and have really made Syracuse quite successful to date in these areas. Well, and those partnerships don't happen by accident. What I love about your story, Mr. Mayor, is that you have developed a role model community where you have people from the business sector, people from the school district, people from local government all coming together and, and talking around the same table. While that is unique, and I know that because I travel all over the country and all over the world, and what I often see is people in each of those sectors trying to kind of do their own thing mm-hmm. if, if they are involved in green at all. But what you've created is a real roundtable of all the stakeholders in your community. And what I hope, um, both through this conversation, but also by bringing people to Syracuse for our annual convention, is that your template will be replicated in other communities because you really have a successful partnership scenario there that um, that is pretty unique. And, and I know that you're a very humble man, but I'm going to do the bragging because... I know for a fact that those partnerships don't happen by accident. It starts from the top down. And, and I want to know, how is it that you know, you've got personal convictions about um, protecting the environment? And you're right, you do have a beautiful area out there. Um, I was in Syracuse a couple of weeks ago and, and driving up from, from Newark. Um, it was just gorgeous. So it's self-evident in an area like yours why protecting natural resources is so important. But how did your personal convictions kind of parlay into public policy. Tell us about that evolution. Well, well, because, you know, I wanted to demonstrate to people that we could do the things that are important to everybody, and that is to protect, certainly, the environment. But at the same time, you know, as a mayor... Uh, you know, you're also responsible for the bottom line of the taxpayers. And so, right. you know, what I did was focus on an agenda that I would set out to prove to people that I could reduce their burden in terms of the cost of government. And, you know, we've been able to do that. One of the first things I did was uh, we went out, we did a complete analysis of all of our uh, energy use systems in the city of Syracuse and all of our municipal buildings. And, you know, we put in um, a complete new uh, citywide energy management system uh, that was able to control our uses and that was to produce results and and we've been able to demonstrate those. We've worked closely with uh, agencies like NYSERDA here in, in New York State and through some help with NYSERDA with grant funds we went and changed all of our very old uh, traffic signalization citywide uh, to now LED and you know that's reduced our cost to the taxpayer by about $166,000 a year. Wow. Uh, and, and when we were doing these things people were looking 
and watching. And we were very proud. We became uh, the regional coordinator for uh, NYSERDA for six surrounding counties. And so Syracuse has kind of helped manage some of those things in the central New York region. But, you know, I talked about our energy use and how I thought we were falling short of that. And so I set a goal uh, in 2001 to reduce our city's energy usage by 20%. Well, we hit that mark in 2006. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So we've really kind of set it. We've also set a goal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 20% by 2010, and I think we're well on our way to do that. But, you know, when you're a mayor, and I don't care if it's a big city or small city, at the end of the day, people want to know, you know, how you're managing their dollars. And because of our capital dollars that we've put into place to, to make some of these changes and as well as using, uh, you know, uh, some of these grants and others. We invested about a little over $2 million in capital cost, but we have received in terms of rebates and savings uh, over $5 million. So, you know, if you take the five million, you take away the two we put in, work to the good about three million dollars. And at the end of the day, Jill, it, it all goes back to, uh, you know, the taxpayer's pocket. And in these days, and I think one of the reasons why we both agree people are more focused than ever before is because now when people are paying four plus dollars at the pump, people really have an urgent feeling about, you know, what are we going to do to change the way America operates and what are we going to do for the future of the country and those are some of the ways that I've tried to demonstrate to people that we can be more efficient we can be as effective if not more effective and certainly with their resources and um and manage them in a way that will help benefit our community and grow this this region well and what I love about what you said Mr. Mayor is a couple things first of all you immediately de- debunk the myth that going green costs more right. than it re- than it returns right. because a lot of people really feel like oh it's just too expensive and what you've shown right there is that you actually improve the bottom line by going green that it was cost effective um, but you also um, really show that it's good business whether it's a, a business for profit whether it's local yeah. government it's good business to go green it, it is a good business to go green because you know it's like anything in a business model you know you always look at what is your return on investment so if you're going to spend you know x amount of dollars what is going to be the return long term one of the things that we're doing now we've done I've installed a compressed natural gas facility at my department of public works mm-hmm. I've gone out we've already purchased a new uh, uh garbage recyclable truck that is running solely on compressed natural gas. We're working with our regional transit authority here in Syracuse and central New York Centro. We're using that facility to help them, and I will be moving our fleet purchases into these area of compressed natural gas. So we're making investments where we know long-term it's going to reduce the burden on uh, the taxpayer and all of us across America. You know, when you talk about commodity cost, i.e. gas, heating oils, electricity, you know, are seeing an upswing. And so long-term, I think all of us need to plan accordingly. And at the end of the day, they are business decisions. But you're absolutely right, Jill. You know, I had uh, the privilege of being in Seattle late last year, and I uh, ran a plenary session for the U.S. Mayor's Council, and it was entitled, How Much Does This Cost? Because you're absolutely right. People want to know how much does it cost and, and why should I spend this money, including elected officials. But I think people are seeing the value now of using more modern techniques and, and equipments and, and these other kind of initiatives that you can do that will may cost a little bit of money up front, but when you look at the long-term and return on investment, it's better for the bottom line. 
Well, it is. And the thing is, you're showing both short-term and long-term returns. I mean, when you talk about having, you know, a $3 million upside already based on, you know, the return on investment of your $2 million capital investment, that's a short-term Benny. But when you when you look and project the cost over the life of this, it's a long-term benefit as well. Um, I think that's hugely important. And we're going to bring you back after the break, Mr. Mayor. There's a whole lot more of your brain we want to pick, and I'm just thrilled to death to have you on. Um, and, and we're going to talk some more about Great. what you've done in the community, why we're bringing uh, the, the Go Green Earth Summit to Syracuse. So uh, please stay with us after the break. We'll be talking with Mayor Driscoll from Syracuse, New York. If you have questions for him, please call in. Um, and now we're going to be going to our first commercial break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Do you need help getting a grant? Join the grant doctor, Bev Browning, for the program Get a Grant right here on Voice America. Each week, Dr. Bev takes you through an hour of timely topics for grant seekers, writers, and researchers. You'll learn everything there is to know about grants, grant writing, and funding. You won't have to keep asking, where's the money? And how do I get it for my organization? Get a Grant with Dr. Bev Browning is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are on the phone today with Mayor Driscoll, uh, the mayor of Syracuse. And the more that I talk to him, the more he becomes my Go Green hero. He has developed a role model situation in Syracuse, New York. It's called the Emerald City of the city of New York now. And what he's done is really create the template that every city in America needs to replicate. And I knew this before I talked to him, but the more that I talked to him, the more I believe it. He is bringing together people from all sectors of his community to go green, and he's doing it in a cost-effective way. He's actually saving taxpayer dollars. He's actually showing a return on investment the way that businesses do. Um, He's created a really solid model that is cost-effective and environmentally responsible. Welcome back, Mayor Driscoll. Good to be here. Well, you have got some major accomplishments that I want to make sure um, we tell our listeners about, some things that you should really be proud of. Um, We were talking uh, on the break about this regional living laboratory that you are creating. Tell us more about that project. Yeah, well, we have uh, here in Syracuse, we have a lot of old historic buildings, one of which is owned by the city, and it's one of our uh, office buildings that's just adjacent to City Hall. And connected to that is an atrium building, uh, which is frankly underutilized and very inefficient. And so one of the things that I'm doing, and I sent up to the council just last week, they have approved is a request to change that into a sustainable showcase gallery and a meeting place here in the city. But as a regional venue, you know, Jill, we're pretty fortunate in upstate New York. We have actually the third largest collegiate community anywhere in the United States with major research institutions, obviously Syracuse University, but Cornell, Colgate, Ithaca, Hamilton College, and the list goes on and on, and Lemoyne College and some even the the community colleges. So I want to bring all of that know-how and that research together in a place, a meeting place, where people can discuss how you take those research dollars and transform them, you know, into job creation, not just in Syracuse, but in the regions of upstate New York, because there's a lot of promise, you know, for these initiatives. So this this project, which is which is underway, really does a couple things. We're working with New York State because solar will be a a part of this will be powering that facility off the solarization of the roof. We're doing all new, you know, high energy and efficiency, rather, HVAC, all new lighting, ceilings and acousticals, and the glare treatments that will go in. And it, and it's going to be, I really see it as kind of a laboratory, as I said, and uh, give people a meeting place to discuss and to work on, uh, you know, these initiatives that I think will benefit the region long-term for job creation because I think there's a lot of promise for it. And this is just one of the uh, projects that we're doing. I want to throw in a little plug. We're actually have underway right now. We have a rebuilding of one of our older reservoirs in the city. We've got three here. We have a $40 million project underway right now. Uh, but as part of that, uh, as mandated by the federal government, now you have to enclose your tanks. So there'll be two very large tanks holding 64 million gallons. But on top of that will be all solar uh, photovoltaic. And so the, that is going to be reducing the cost to the taxpayer for the operation of the plant at that loca- uh, locale- location. Excuse me. And so, you know, by using these 
techniques and this technology, you know, we can help reduce uh, the taxpayers' cost and operation terms. So those are some of the things that we're doing, and we think that they hold a lot of promise for the future. Can we clone you? Honestly, I mean, <laughs> this is amazing, and, and all it takes, and, and I say this like it's simple, and I know that it's not, but mm. when you have a project like that, you've got to redo a reservoir, you're thinking about not just the environmental impact, but how can we actually turn this project into an environmental and taxpayer savings, taxpayer dollar savings um, opportunity. You're constantly looking for opportunity. Well, I'm looking at both of them because, you know, it goes back to, look, whether it's myself as mayor or any mayor across the city, and mayors are always at the bottom of the funnel. I mean, we're responsible for everything, including things that we're not responsible for, but that's another story. But the point of the matter is is that, you know, you have to think long-term about costs and how you're going to manage your dollars. Is you know, part of that Westcott rehabilitation, we're also, we've built in the UVA, the ultraviolet light component, because the federal government, years to come, will be mandating that either you're covering your tanks or using this ultraviolet, which, you know, kills off bacteria in the water. We have two other facilities that I just mentioned. So I know that downstream we're going to have to do other things. So I've put a this package into place so that the next mayor and the mayors that come after that will have the opportunity to use the UVA off of this facility for the ones downstream. That's some years to come, but I think most of us in government know that the feds are mandating these things. They are coming, so we're going to have it in place now so we don't have to create that wheel downstream. You know, you're the kind of mayor that makes us sad about term limits. <laughs> you know, there are some elected officials that everybody kind of breathes a sigh of relief when their term is just about done. It's like, oh, thank goodness for term limits. But in your case, um, you know, your term is going to be coming up, and that's that's sad. That's sad news for some. Well, you know, the feeling you're there may, further. You know, there may be a person or two though that says, "Hooray!" <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, look at you, you make decisions and you move on. But you know, on the other hand, I've enjoyed very much what I'm doing. But I still have 17 months to go, and I'm going to work really hard. And so are the people that work for me right through next year. So there's a lot on the agenda. There's more that I want to do. One of the things that I'm very interested in, and I've had an opportunity to speak to uh, our governor about this is to really and help drive this region, this upstate region. There's a lot of promise here. We have a great, strong workforce. I mentioned we have the third largest collegiate community anywhere in the United States. We also, by the way, have some of the largest concentration of an environmental engineering firms anywhere in the U.S., wow. right in this region. So what I want to do is really talk about how we focus with Syracuse and the state to develop kind of a clean tech cluster state. And, you know, when you look at the promise of renewable energy, when you look at sustainable uh, communities, environmental technology, conservation technology, all of these technologies provide a huge opportunity for job growth creation. And this state, in my opinion, is well positioned for that. We have a huge, large, very well-trained workforce. So that's my long-term kind of piece I'm also doing in addition to my job as mayor and doing what I'm supposed to be doing here because I live here. This is my home. But I also think that there's a lot of promise statewide for New York State as well, and I'm working uh, very hard on that end also. Well, and what's what's really great to hear about your story is the way that you leverage all your resources. Um, there you sit on all these brilliant minds and brain share in the central New York region, and you're leveraging that. Well, you know, look, at, uh, no one can go it alone. 
Uh, and there's people out there that are far smarter than me. But what I do know is is that if I can convene and get people to the table, which is one of the things I have been able to do, you know, I've utilized the strength of the ESF here. We have a, the, the president, Dr. Neil Murphy, who's turned in to be a really great friend, mm-hmm. but uh, the Environmental Science University here is, you know, one of the leaders in the nation, but then all of the business community and others have really rallied around this, and so they've been, they've been a part of this, and, you know, it's been, it's been good, successful because we have people really pulling the oar in the same direction probably for the first time here in upstate New York in the last 40 or 50 years, and it's making a difference. And so I hope these trends continue uh, when I'm gone, but until that point, I'm going to continue to work hard and have people at the table and rely on their expertise and their ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a saying, there's no bad ideas. Put them all on the table. You know, let's talk through them and let's try to pick a direction that's going to benefit all of us. And then, you know, ultimately and hopefully it benefits the world as well. Well, and I have a saying too. It's not what you know. It's what you know about who you know. And you're looking around your community and figuring out what each of these people at the table, what you know about them, and then extracting their best brain share to benefit the community. And I think that's really, really inspiring. Now, we met because uh, you had schools involved in my program, the Go Green Initiative. That's correct. And we're really proud of their, of their advancements. We're looking forward at the summit to taking people on tours of the Go Green Initiative schools in your community. Tell us what, what's going on there. I'm right? proud of the kids here who, you know, the younger kids, I always like to say, are smarter than us older kids <laughs> um, because they understand the importance of, you know, smart recycling of energy usage and consumption. And, you know, they get it. Uh, you know, older folks, I probably we all have to be retrained now and then. But, you know, one of the things that we're doing here is, um, and I announced this at my state of the city, we're purchasing kind of our last tract of forestry in this area, and um, we're moving to, uh, my goal is to get us uh, on the uh, carbon climate exchange. And so as part of this program, we're utilizing this this tract of forestation that connects to other portions of our city. We're also going to use that as a laboratory for our schools so that our schools can have programs with the help of ESF in teaching kids the sciences and getting involved, you know, in the forestation types of services and sciences that, you know, are going to continue to grow of importance, um, you know, in this, in this country. And so I'm trying to meld the things we're doing with a school district that sees the value of educating our kids in these uh, sciences, and I think long-term, that's going to benefit all of us and certainly give our kids, you know, real opportunities for employment down the road. Well, exactly, and I was just going to say, you know, how smart is that? Because you're not just giving them, you know, an opportunity for environmental education. I mean, given the geographics of where you are, teaching them some things about forestry is actually workforce development for your for your neck of the woods. You know, and, and, and I have a, a occasion, I work with some of the banking institutions out of New York City and others, and I've met with some of the most influential people on Wall Street and such, and all of the banking industry and others are now, as you know, I think, Jill, mm-hmm. they're all building their portfolios to invest, you know, into these green and environmental initiatives because they see the future. And so right. this really is the future. At the same time, while we're doing these things here in Syracuse and Central New York, we need to prepare a workforce to meet that demand. Right. And so we should be training our young people to become engineers and scientists, you know, in this this evolution of job creation 
And I think it also really provides a lot of opportunity for job creation at all levels, not just the highest, but really, you know, at at all levels. And I see it as a real opportunity uh, to make sure that people have good jobs, long-term jobs in an area that I think is the wave of the future and and that can really benefit all of us. So those are the things I'm excited about, and, you know, we're really looking forward to having you and all of your folks come here because I think – the information you're going to bring is going to be great for people in Syracuse and Central New York to hear, but as you bring people together from all over the country, I think it's just a great mission for all of us. Well, thank you, Mr. Mayor, and we look forward to seeing you soon, October 17th and 18th, Syracuse, New York. Don't miss it, folks. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank we'll you. We'll be back in a few moments from break. Keep listening. Go Green Radio will return. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Tolvanta Energy, visit us today at www.tolvantaenergy.com. World-renowned cosmetic surgeon and scientist, Dr. Andrew G. Berman, hosts Beauty in America, broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. What is beauty? How is it viewed in a cross-cultural context? And what is the role of plastic surgery in society, careers, and life? Expert guests join Dr. Berman to discuss historic and current concepts of beauty and plastic surgery, as well as trends, advances, and gimmicks. Beauty in America with Dr. Andrew G. Berman finds out what is real and what is hype right here on the Voice America channel, Fridays at 2 p.m. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let change be a positive force in your life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we are talking about something I am really excited about, and that is taking my organization, the Go Green Initiative, to Syracuse, New York, for our annual summit. October 17th and 18th of this year, we're going to converge at the On Center um, of Syracuse, New York, dubbed the Emerald City of New York State, and we are going to bring together business leaders, school leaders, parents, uh, government leaders, professionals in the environmental industry, and we're going to all sit around the same table and we are going to learn about how to help our communities across the nation and across the world go green. Last year, our summit played host to um, just about 300 people from, I think it was 26 states and three different countries, and so it truly is an international affair. We've got some great speakers lined up for the event. We're going to talk more about it as the weeks go by, but I want you to check out the information that we have up on our website about the summit because you really don't want to miss this, and seating is limited. So check it out at www.gogreeninitiative.org. On the homepage, you'll see a place to click for information about the summit, and I want you to check it out because it's definitely a not-to-be-missed event. Well, today we're talking about why we are bringing the summit to Syracuse. What is it about this community that is so terrific? I want everyone to come to Syracuse because they have truly created a role model situation where their schools, their local government, their businesses are all speaking the same language, and that is, how do we go green? Today I am excited because we have Melissa Perry, who is the Director of Sustainability for Destiny USA. They're located in Syracuse, and they are doing some remarkable work there that I want folks who are coming to the summit to know about and to see with their own eyes. But I want all of our listeners to hear about this because it's a project that, uh, once again, like I was saying with Mayor Driscoll, something that I'd love to see replicated in communities across the nation. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Um, we're excited to have you on. I would love for you to tell our listeners, what is Destiny USA? Tell us about the project. Tell us about the vision. I saw it, and I was blown away. Tell us all about it. Absolutely. I, to, to start talking about Destiny USA, I have to talk about our, fun, our founder, Robert Conjol. Um He is the true visionary behind the Destiny USA project, and his, his vision is deeply rooted in the love for this country. Um, kind of at a high level, um, Mr. Conjol has a desire to catalyze economic growth and ultimately aid in the renewal of this country as the most advanced dynamic place on earth to live, work, and play. And this is the driving force behind him. That, that he thinks every day, how can I contribute and how can I make this happen? And how can we revitalize our country? He's an amazing man. And, and I got to meet him while I was out there and I met you a couple of weeks ago in Syracuse. Um, he is very inspiring. Must be great to work for him. Oh, it, it's an honor. And um, he lets anybody who works for him um, grow as an individual and he, and he drives you to do so. And, and when I learned about the Destiny USA, um, I had to get on board and, and start working on this project with him. Um, for Destiny USA, um, his vision is to build um, the greenest world-class destination um, in the United States. Um, when you arrive, from the moment you arrive, you're going to get an unmatched visitor experience in retail, entertainment, hospitality, technology. Um, every sense is going to be touched when you walk into the door of Destiny USA. And what's even more amazing about this vision is this facility, Destiny USA, will operate using 100% renewable fuel sources. 
Whoa, that's and pretty amazing. We're going to talk some more about that in a little bit. That that kind of blows my mind, given the scale of this project. Tell us how big this project is going to be in terms of square footage. Sure. The, the um, phase one of this project is 1.3 million square feet. And um, it actually, its base building is an existing carousel center. Um, and right now, carousel center, um, located right in the city of Syracuse, receives about 17 million visitors. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, annually. And so Mr. Conzo felt like, wow, what a great platform. It's at the crossroads of New York State. What a, what a great platform to build a development that, that has all these elements to it that can be replicated and shared um, in renewable energy, technology, um, hospitality, all, all, all the things that um, kind of tick our, our economy these days. Right. And, and now, this project, I've seen what you're doing. I've been there, and it was amazing. But for those out there who are from all different parts of the country, all different parts of the world, what makes this project so unique, both in the U.S. and worldwide? I know you must um, have some kind of information about how it's first. Uh, it's putting its uh, you know, stake in the ground and saying we're first to do X, Y, and Z. Tell us what makes this project so unique. Sure. Um, first to start, we are um, building this particular um, expansion, the 1.3 million square feet, to, to lead platinum standards. And um, for those who don't know what that is, tell us what I mean. I I am all over lead, and but tell tell folks what that is. Sure. Um, an organization um, called the U.S. Green Building Council, who one of its founding members is actually uh, Rick Fadrizi, and he's from Syracuse, New York, which is mm-hmm. uh, a proud piece for us. Yeah. Um, they have created um, building standards that um, make you look at your project and, and have exemplary performance in energy efficiency, water efficiency, um, reusing and recycling materials, um, being innovative in your project in ways that um, are environmentally uh, friendly. Mm-hmm. And they're very stringent standards, um, and they have different levels. They have certified silver, gold, and platinum being the um, cat's meow of any building as far as um, energy conservation and environmental stewardship. That's pretty tough to get, and it's pretty rare. It's uh, very there rare. There aren't a lot of reed platinum. Absolutely, and the, the most challenging piece is try to take a big box energy hog retail shopping center type environment and transform it into a lead platinum building. It, it duplicates and, and it really um, makes the challenge even more difficult to achieve. How do you do it? How, how, do, how are you doing this? Tell us about the process. Sure. Um, well, we have a, a large group of people that meet regularly of engineers, architects, community members. Um, the mayor spoke earlier about um, getting different um, educational partners. And it's a collaborative environment where we try to find the best practices for each of these um, different standards that the U.S. Green Building Council is asking us to meet. And um, just an example, um, and, and this is being implemented elsewhere, but not in this type of an environment. Um, for instance, we are designing a, a rainwater collection system um, for this project. This project will use the rainwater to flush the toilets. We'll also put low-flow fixtures, et cetera. But the point, this facility will use 50% less water and the impact of, of a big building um, in, a, in an urban environment has, has a huge impact on, on um, the water and sewage treatment plants. Absolutely. That's and, amazing. Yeah, so we're trying to lessen our impact 
as we drive the economy and bring jobs to the area, we're trying to lessen our impact as a building, as an energy hog, and, and all the things associated with a large structure. Mm-hmm. And, and you really are developing quite a green-collar workforce around this project. And I'd love to hear more about how you're making that happen. Yes. Um, Mr. Conjol, first, when he knew we were going to move forward with this project, um, decided to hire a, a workforce, and he does not like resumes. <laughs> he does not like resumes. He will not look at your resume. And so he decided to hire a workforce that would help the contractors build this building and then eventually operate it on their desire and instinct to work. Uh-huh. And um, he, he got this group together, um, interviewed thousands of people who were interested in this job, picked a select group who are now called the Destiny Innovators. And this group gets a a great living wage, good health benefits, and come to work every day with, with their desire and their instinct. And they are actually out there right now. Um, this, this project has been under construction since March of 2007. They are out there taking, taking part in every piece of the construction of this project. And they're owners, basically. I mean, they, get, they, get, they feel like they're part of the ownership. Absolutely. And, and not only do they go out there and do one job, but they're rotated regular, so regularly. So one day um, you may go out and say, hey, you are going to get your certification in welding, and you're going to weld the H piles that are going into the foundation today. And tomorrow you're going to come up and work in purchasing. Wow. And I've had the honor of having several innovators work with me on the green initiatives for the project. And, and um, they're, it's just they're fun to work with. They stop at nothing to try to, um, you know, perfect what they're doing, and they're going to be so um, diverse in their skill sets that it's a truly um, unique uh, approach to a workforce. It is because, you know, not only are you creating a project that's great for the environment, great for the local economy, it's great for every individual who's had a chance to work on it because they're getting an opportunity to develop their personal skill set in a way that they might have never gotten to do were it not for this project. That's amazing. Absolutely. And a a different piece of that, too, is also with the the contractor um, groups that have come on, contractors and subcontractors. You know, green building is is not um, common language in the contractor community. Right. And and we're doing it to the extreme level, so we needed all the contracting community to be on board. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had educational sessions and collaborative sessions where, you know, the blank look in the first day of the meeting <laughs> has now changed to this is something we need to do. And I have people calling, how do I get certified in green building? How do I learn more? I found this neat product that we could use. And it's totally, you know, changed their attitude and, and their interest, and they, they get it. They see that this is the future of building, and they better get on board, and, and they actually are enjoying themselves in doing so. I love it. I mean, this project is so exciting. Can you stay on with us after the break? Because I want to talk more about Destiny USA. Absolutely. Well, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back after a short break with Melissa Perry, Director of Sustainability at Destiny USA. We'll be back in a few. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote, and then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we are talking about Syracuse, New York, and why I've chosen to take the Go Green Earth Summit for 2008 for my program, the Go Green Initiative, to Syracuse, October 17th and 18th at the On Center. Syracuse is one of those special places where everyone, all the stakeholders in the community, community leaders, business leaders, school leaders, and the mayor's office itself are all working together to go green. And what they're finding is that it's good business. It saves taxpayer dollars. They're putting the eco in economic development, and I love it. Um, If you want more information about the summit, you've got to be there. Seating's limited, so register today. Go to www.gogreeninitiative.org. On the homepage, you'll find a place to click for more information about the summit, but you don't want to miss this event, and you don't want to miss an opportunity to see why Syracuse, New York, um, is truly what I consider a role model community for going green. We are on with Melissa Perry, Director of Sustainability for Destiny USA, and we were talking about the Destiny USA project. Welcome back, Melissa. Hi, Jill. Thank you. Well, Melissa is just so full of energy. She actually talks a lot about energy and, and has some neat ideas. Uh, 
it's hard not to have her work the word biodiesel in when you talk to Melissa, and it's really fun to hear her take on how biodiesel has been a, a pivotal part of the Destiny USA project. Tell us a little bit more about the biodiesel aspect, Melissa. Absolutely. Sure. As you know, Mr. Condell wanted this, this project to operate fossil fuel-free as a complete Destiny USA build-out. He also challenged us to, to work that into a fossil fuel fossil fuel-free construction site and operation. Mm-hmm. So in that, um, we had to look at biodiesel. <laughs> and um, that would mean biodiesel in all of our construction equipment, large and small, on the site. And that is no easy feat when, <laughs> no. You, think about, when you think about taking the contract community and asking them, to get rid of diesel and replace it with some type of soybean oil, oil <laughs> canola oil, and they lease equipment, they own equipment, they rent equipment, and there's layers and layers of people working on this job. Mm-hmm. And um, the initial reaction was, as you would expect, expect and that was of, of shock and are you are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure and, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, so it took, and and this is the beauty of of the Destiny Project, and I have to say of our community as well, is it took a collaborative effort. We invited in engine manufacturers. Um, Volvo even came in from Switzerland to, to attend one of our meetings. We had um, the, the, the rental and lease equipment people from the area. The contract community came in, and we literally hashed out all the good, bad, and ugly of things that were either rumors or things that could happen that <laughs> would affect the project. Well, lo and behold, everybody said, "All right, we're sucking it up. We're going to we're, we're going to we're going to do this. This is Bob's uh-huh. vision. We're working on this project. We're going to do it." Uh-huh. And on, on March 26th, we we put our first uh, bit of maybe uh, B5 for a day, and everyone's like, "Well, there's really no difference." So uh-huh. we bumped it up very rapidly to B50. Everybody was pleased with the functioning of their equipment. And um, by by the end of May of of that of May t- of 2007, all the equipment on the site was running on a 100% biodiesel. You know what I love about that? I mean, not only is it just an awesome story about a huge project going green and and reducing your environmental footprint. What I love about that is because it's such a big project, you're actually capable of driving the the demand for biodiesel and actually increasing the supply because you're thirsty for it. And and that's very similar to what we've seen um, at the federal government level, even just with you know something simple like recycled content paper. When President Clinton signed the executive order to say that the entire federal government would purchase recycled content paper, overnight the, the paper mills were saying, oh, my gosh, this is our biggest consumer of paper. We've got to retrofit our, our mills to meet this demand. And they were actually able... Uh, because of that one executive order, which I'm sure was signed on recycled content paper, to to affect the supply of recycled content paper for the rest of the country. It it occurs to me that because this is such a monumental project, such a big project, and you're using all this biodiesel, you're actually driving the supply that others in your community, in your state, um, and around the project will be able to access because you you demanded biodiesel. I love it. That's Absolutely, and we we used it in over a hundred different pieces of equipment, from light poles to the cranes that drove the the piles into the ground, and and we've also um, 
had a lot of community people. One of our fuel suppliers has put in new equipment, new technology to to hold withhold the things that we need to do with biodiesel and service our our project. Um, a lot of the contract community that has left our job is also using it on their on their jobs outside of the Destiny USA project, which we think is the whole point. The whole point is to prove it works. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think it's having people investigate non feedstock. Um, basis for for biofuel as well. I know that's a concern. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are driving that technology and looking at our options so that we don't um, uh, have any effect on on the food cha- food chain, whether it be perception or reality. Well, and you know, and I didn't mention this when I met you a couple weeks ago, but RIT up in Rochester is working on that very project. So that's about four hours up the road from you, but you might want to check them out because I can help you hook up with them. They're working on that exact issue. So you have so many resources right there in New York. That's why I'm so excited to bring our summit to this area of the United States, of the world, because you really are at the vortex of some pretty innovative 21st century thinking. Now, let's talk about the fun stuff uh, with Destiny USA. Besides being a mecca for green building, what is going to make Destiny USA a fun place to go? What keeps customers coming back, and what's it going to be like? Well, the one thing, Jill, and I would love for you and I to have our first shopping day together at Destiny USA. <laughs> You're on. You're on. <laughs> it, it, it'll be so much fun when you hear about what what the experience will be like. Um, first of all, you would the experience kind of starts online, so at your home or wherever you may be online. And, and you, you become a member, and you receive a little RFID um, membership card. And so that's a radio frequency identification card. Uh-huh. And so basically... You, you have this card. You go online and say, Jill Buck would like to buy a new winter wardrobe. <laughs> so you go online and you do a little um, shopping within the Destiny facility online, and you start saying, oh, I'd like to try that and all the different things that you would like for your wardrobe, accessories, et cetera. Uh-huh. And um, you submit that and you tell us when you'd like to come shop. So you'd like to come shop tomorrow. So you submit that. We send you a little reminder, and we send you some, some mobile coupons that you can um, uh, accompany with you on your shopping trip. Oh, my gosh. You arrive. You, you, when you arrive through the doors, your membership card scans you automatically. So we know who you are when you come through the door. You don't even have to tell us. And you're immediately, immediately greeted by one of the Destiny Innovator Workforce members who built the project. Oh, my gosh. They'll have a flat screen um, handheld um, computer with them, and it'll have your shopping list on it. Oh my gosh, I love it! It's like they'll, the spa experience absolutely. of shopping. They'll they'll escort you to a lounge where they'll have pre-selected items that you have on your shopping list for you to try on at your leisure. Oh my goodness! You can scan, learn more information about those products, and um, and check out the same way. You ch- you say I'm done, I check out. The RFID tag is tied to your to your payment um, and payment choice. And your packages, when you say, you, I'm ready to go, will meet you in a valet pickup area. Oh, Melissa, you have created a shopper's paradise, and yeah. it's green. This is what I love. I want everybody to make sure you come to the summit, October 17th and 18th, and we're going we're gonna to have Melissa there at the summit, and we're going to talk more about Destiny USA. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, having me, Jill. And uh, we, are, we are wrapping up for today, but folks, please go to www.gogreeninitiative.org for more information about our Syracuse Summit, October 17th and 18th. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. And remember, go green.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. 